is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 242 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to be diving into blogging tips for 2021. This episode will continue to get updated, but I wanted to make sure that I gave you the most relevant information that we are seeing right now for 2021. Now, before we dive into that, I want to make sure you're going to hear me talk about the importance of an email list, and I want to make sure that you have my How to Grow an Email List guide. So if you don't already have it, send me a DM on Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose, and I will make sure to send that directly to you so that you can download it and grab it. Otherwise, you can always head over to the show notes and it will be linked in there as well. All right. So not only am I going to give you my five top tips for blogging tips for 2021, but I'm also going to answer some of the most asked questions that I get when it comes to blogging. And of course, the, one of the questions is blogging dead is going to be one of the answers. So before we dive into those questions, though, I want to give you five tips that you can put in place today so that you can improve on your blogging. Now, for some of you, this may be also a podcast. And if it's a podcast coordinated with a blog, you should think about these tips and putting them into action because putting a podcast is great. Putting it out there is fabulous. You get a different sort of audience. You get listeners that feel very much connected to you. But at the same time, it, if they are not podcast listeners, they're never going to find your content. So if you also want to get people that are not necessarily podcast listeners, you create a blog post to go along with that podcast episode. And all of the tips I'm going to give you are relevant for doing just that. And that is exactly what I do over at JennyMelrose.com. I use my podcast and we create blog posts that have all of the information so that if you are not one that normally listens to a podcast, or if you are searching for something in Google, you can put in whatever you're looking for. And if I have a relevant article or podcast episode, then it will pop. You can read the article or you can listen right on the blog post. So thinking about the content that you create, the way in which you are consistently putting out there, I want you to start to think about how you can apply these tips. So the very first tip I'm going to give you is that you need to know the problem that you solve and who you are solving it for. One of the biggest mistakes I see people making when they start blogging is they try to talk to everyone. And that is just not the right way to do this. Because when you cast a wide net like that, you end up capturing no one or bringing no one to your content. You have to know who it is that you are trying to talk to. Who is your ideal person that is going to connect best with you? So let me explain this because it recently came up in my membership site asking this question about, well, Who Do I have to say a specific age? You don't have to say a specific age. I am going to clarify that. But a 40-year-old woman is going to relate better to me than probably a 25-year-old because I'm 40. Now, that's not to say I don't have actually 21-year-old clients. I absolutely do. Um, And that's also not to say that I don't have 65-year-old clients. 
I absolutely do. But the ones that I am going to connect with the easiest are probably going to be going through similar things than I am. They probably have an almost middle schooler that's created quite an attitude recently. Or they have an eight-year-old that's still going through the elementary age or similar age. They're going through similar life experiences. It's They're just going to connect quicker with me than someone that's 65 that may already be an empty nester or has grandchildren, whatever it might look like for them. So when it comes to knowing who you're talking to, being okay with creating and creating that content specifically for that person because what's going to end up happening is you're going to attract certain people and you're going to repel others. And you need to be okay with that. It is meant to be that way. I am not for everyone. I know that. Well aware of that. But there are plenty of others who are not necessarily my ideal audience, don't have kids, are 21 years old, that understand what I am talking about and they connect with the way in which I teach or inspire. So it's really important that you know the problem that you solve and who you're talking to and not just willy-nilly trying to throw spaghetti against the wall to see if it sticks. So knowing the problem that you are trying to solve for those people is going to be key. One thing that will definitely help with this is if you're still struggling, you're listening, going, eh, not really sure what you're talking about, go to episode 191, where I talk about how to build an audience. I go into great depth about making sure that you're attracting the right people and how to go about doing that. All right, so my second tip is that it's really important that you research using keyword tools. They don't need to be real expensive. They don't need to be difficult to use. At the time of this recording, which I'm recording actually in June, this episode is coming out in August, Uber Suggest is the one that I have a tendency to use. I also will use SEMrush. There are keyword tools out there that you can use for free. There are also keyword tools out there that you can pay for, but it's important that you use something because you want to know what words people are using to find the answers to the questions that they have. So that if you're talking about um, inspiring uh, moms to create vegan recipes and get more plants into their diet, whatever it might look like for you, that you make sure that you are using the words that they are using. Are they vegan? Are you true blue vegan? You have to determine that and know what words to be using so that when they go to search for it, your content actually comes up. So let me, this is the best way I can explain SEO and when it comes to keywords. When I had the Melrose family, I had a um, love bug fruit cup recipe. wasn't even a recipe. It was like this cute little artsy craft thing that I did. It did amazing on Pinterest. This was back when Pinterest actually worked for bloggers. That's another topic for a whole nother episode. But when Pinterest actually worked for bloggers, it, did, it went viral over there. It was adorable. It was super cute. But no one was searching for love bug fruit cups. That isn't something they would put into keywords or into Google looking for. Instead, they were putting non-candy Valentine's Day ideas because it was a Valentine's Day idea. So... When I actually went back and updated that content and made sure that it was clear that it was a non-candy Valentine's Day idea, that's when it started getting found by Google. 
by people searching for that particular thing. So you need to think about what are the words that people are looking for? Don't get cutesy. Don't try to name it super cute like love bug fruit cups. Adorable. I know, but it's not what people are searching for. So you want to use these keyword tools in order to do this. Now, I gave you an example of how I had made the mistake of using the wrong keywords to do create um, a post that did great on Pinterest, but not so well in Google or at all in Google. If you really want to understand SEO more, go to episode 154. Ty Kilgore came on and he talked about how to improve SEO. He gave one of the best examples I have ever heard. Um, He gave a sort of compared it to baseball and minor league and major leagues and It was just a great comparison of long tail keywords, what you're going to be putting into Google that people are searching for, the words that they are using. Because one word in a string of words can change the volume of it, can change what people are actually looking for. So make sure that you go in and listen to that episode. It was episode 154. All right. Third tip that we need to know is we need to write about a topic that you're passionate about about. This is something that I am very, it's very, very, very near and dear to my heart. And it is something that I work with clients on because I will often get someone that started back in 2017 blogging and they started creating recipes that were whole 30. Well, they now five years later, don't eat whole 30. So continuing to create recipes that are just whole 30 is difficult and they're not passionate about it. So I want you to understand that if this is you, if you've been writing about a topic or wrote about a topic a while ago and now you've decided I'm not really passionate about this, I need to pivot, be okay doing that. Don't be afraid to pivot. That's actually part of the entrepreneurial journey. Understanding where you are. Your life is going to change. If you started out your site and you were writing things for parents that had newborns because that was something that was near and dear to your heart at that time because you had toddlers and had survived the newborn years, but now you have college age kids and can't really connect to these moms that are having newborns because let's be honest, a lot has probably changed since your college age kids were newborns, especially with technology. So the things that you were talking about doing, there might even be a machine that does that for them now. So don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to feel confident and be happy in what you are doing and writing about. Because if you're not, you're going to see that spark start to go out. You're going to feel like, I don't want to continue to do this. Don't be afraid to pivot and really understand where you fit with your audience. All right. Fourth tip that I'm going to give is I want you to consistently create content. This is something that I know a lot of people struggle with, and I know this was really difficult during COVID when we had kids home, homeschooling, all the craziness that went on with it. It was a lot. There was a lot of overwhelm that went on, and I've talked quite a bit about that on the podcast and given some tips on how to beat that overwhelm. But for this, I want you to decide what platform, what way you are going to consistently create content, whether that is on a podcast, whether that is blogging and writing out the content whatever that might look like for you, I want to make sure that you are starting to try to create it consistently. Now, I know you're going to hear some people will say, in order to be consistent, you need to post blog 
five times a week. You need to post on Instagram 27 million times. You need to post on TikTok six times a day. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Definition of consistent is happening over and over again, right? That's all that consistent means. So if you can consistently post to your blog once a week, then that's consistent. Ideally, I would recommend to post, especially if you're new and starting out, at least twice a week. But if you've been blogging for a while, as long as you're continuing to show Google that you are updating content, older content that is on your site, that works. You don't need to reinvent the wheel and just keep being a machine pumping out new content. So look at what works best for you. I knew that I wanted to do a podcast. I knew that was the way I was going to create consistent content. I knew that I needed to have it also the blog that connected with that podcast. Because again, anytime you consistently put stuff out on a specific platform, like a podcast, like Instagram, like TikTok, those platforms you do not own. You own your blog. That's it. So Finding a way to reuse that content is so important. Even if you're relying on YouTube, that again, it could go away. You do not own it. We all know that YouTube made drastic changes to their algorithms, how people were getting paid and making money. So look at what you can, ways in which you can create consistent content, but have it in a space that lets it be yours. And that was why when I had the podcast, I knew I needed to have a blog that went with it where the blog post could be found and read and found by Google people looking for that answer to the specific questions that I was answering on the podcast. So make sure that you are doing that. Um, I would also recommend going back to episode 176 where I talk about how to create consistent content, give you examples on how you can make sure that you are doing this. So if you are struggling with this, please go back to that episode. All right, my final fifth tip, and it kind of connects with this green consistent content and not just relying on a specific platform to be able to drive traffic. So for example, I mentioned in the beginning about Pinterest and how it has greatly changed to the point where you barely recognize Pinterest anymore and the way that it works with bloggers or I should say doesn't work with bloggers right now. Um, so what's important is, is that you are growing an email list to send readers to your content. This is one of the things that I think most bloggers probably struggle with. They're fine hopping on a social media platform and growing a platform on someone else's rented space. But when it comes to growing an email list, we struggle. We will put up a fight about doing that. And you cannot do that. You have to have a way to drive traffic to your content. When you have an email list, you can email your people that have opted into your list and say, hey, I have a new recipe up. Hey, I have new a DIY up. And send them there rather than trying to put up 37 pins in a day. And instead of it actually linking and click being people being able to click through, there's white dots all over it, sending them to things that are not yours. However, things are working right now. Can you tell them a little bit frustrated with Pinterest right now? 
If you are struggling with how to grow your email list and you need more information on that, like I said in the very beginning, I want you to make sure that you grab my guide that walks you through this. You can, again, send me that DM, but you also can go to episode 224 where I talk about how to grow an email list. I go into greater depth. The guide is linked there for you so that you can make sure that you are doing this. It's so important that you do not grow your entire business on rented space. And a social media platform is rented space. They can decide what new features they're going to put in or take away, or what algorithms they're going to put in place, or how they're going to charge you in order to be seen. So growing an email list is free. Give them something in exchange for it. And again, I talk about that in episode 224. Okay. I mentioned in the beginning that I was going to give you these five tips, but I also wanted to answer some of the most popular questions that I get. And one of the biggest ones is, is it worth blogging? In other words, is it oversaturated? And here's what I'm going to tell you. There are plenty of people out there putting out content, but they're not necessarily doing it the right way. They're not getting found. You can see influencers on TikTok, on Instagram that have millions of followers, but there's no blog that goes along with it. And when they're doing sponsored work, they don't know what they're doing. They're doing it so that they're barely making money because all they're doing is like to know it and they're making five cents because of the percentage that they end up getting off of whatever sales occurs. So I do not believe that blogging is dead. It is valuable to continue to blog and have that place in which Google can show that you know the answers. As long as you are making sure to use the five tips that I talked about above, you will find your content showing up when people are asking those questions that you have done the keyword research on. So no, it is not oversaturated. Another question that I constantly get asked is how do bloggers get paid? So most of you that are listening, if you are a blogger or already an influencer, you obviously know most of this, but let's think about how we can diversify. Let's think about ways that we're not totally tied into our ads. Because as we saw in 2020, ads took a deep dive off of a cliff when COVID hit. We watched RPMs bottom out. We watched just significant issues. So one of the ways that a lot of bloggers make money is via ads where they have ads on their sidebar within their content. They may use an ad network like Mediavine or AdThrive. Or you recently heard Megan from Newer Media come on. She's also another ad network that actually requires 25,000 sessions rather than the 50 that is required for Mediavine or the 100 100 or 150 now for AdThrive, can't remember which. But that is one of the options as far as making money via ads. You want to, like I said, though, diversify. So you can also, obviously, as many of you know that are listening, I love working on sponsored work, always did when I had the Melrose family. That was a significant source of revenue for the Melrose family. You can learn more about how to work on sponsored campaigns, how to pitch, what mistakes not to make, the three biggest trends. Go to episode 92, and I will be talking all about sponsored work. Now, another way that bloggers are getting paid is from digital products. And if you go to episode 96, I go into depth about all the different digital products you can have. But this 
primarily can, can consist of anything from courses to ebooks to workshops to memberships to video series, however you're going to put together that content and then have a way in which they can process payment. Now, there is one article that is like the mother of all articles that we're going to link to actually in the show notes. It is not a podcast episode. It is an actual written article. So it is called How to Make Money as an Influencer. And that article is going to be, like I said, linked in the, sh- in the blog post that is written with the podcast. So go over there if you're looking for the, all the different ways that you can possibly make money and how to go about doing that. You can make sure to click through there and it will walk you through all of that. Um, the last question that I wanted to answer that I continually hear are is whether or not blogs are still profitable. Blogs are absolutely profitable. <laughs> blogs, as many of you know that are, have been listeners for a long time, and if you're new here, um, I started blogging in 2011, I want to say, and I sold that blog for six figures back in 2019. And now I still constantly create a blog that goes along with my podcast. Now, that the reason that blogging is still profitable is because if you have made sure to diversify, you have ways in which you are making money. So Again, going back to that original question about how do bloggers make money, you have to diversify and look at all the different ways that you can and be able to, again, connect it back to your content. And that is why a blog is so profitable is because if you are using the five tips that I gave you in the beginning, you are making sure that you know exactly the problem that you are solving. And if you're super smart, you've got a product that goes along with that. And then you have a higher upsell product that even goes into greater depth. That is when you can see a ton of profitability from a blog. Does it happen overnight? No, absolutely not. It is something that you have to work at and to better understand. And there are definitely ways in which you can quicken that process working and doing the actual professional development, listening to a podcast, and then taking it a step above and investing in things like courses or workshops or coaching or masterminds, whatever that looks like for where you are on your journey. But there are definitely ways that you can speed up that process. A blog, though, is how people are going to be able to find you using Google. Think about how you go about finding out answers to problems. My garbage disposal started giving us a hard time the other day, last couple nights ago. The very first place I went to was Google. And I typed in the name of the disposal and how to fix it. And wouldn't you know it, there were three articles, two videos, and I had that fixed within probably... 10, 15 minutes, and it was faster than the plumber could have possibly gotten here to fix it. And the only reason I was able to find that answer is because those people used the words that I used to put into Google. They did their research. They looked at, okay, garbage disposal, how am I going to keyword this to make sure that people that are looking to fix this problem will be able to find their answers. That is what you have to continue to do. Use those five tips I gave you. I'm telling you, when we look at blogging and we look at the traditional ways in the past years where many bloggers primarily just made money from ads, we're seeing a decline in that. We're seeing that ads are 
a little bit harder to come by or they were during COVID. You don't know what the market is going to do. So diversify. Look at ways in which you can continue to grow your income. You guys, I appreciate you all so much for listening in. If you haven't already grabbed that growing your email list guide, please, I'm begging you, start growing your list. Send me a DM on Instagram at Jenny underscore Melrose, and I will make sure to drop that into your DMs. I also want to thank you all who have left a rating review on iTunes. It helps me get amazing guests, and we have had some doozies over the past couple months. And I continue to have them booked months in advance in order to get on the podcast because of the ratings and reviews that you are leaving. So if you haven't already left me a rating and review, I would so appreciate it if you would just leave a quick review telling me what your biggest takeaway was from the podcast in this episode in particular. I appreciate you guys so much. And until next time, I will see you then.